he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Volatified, the one and only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bellotta, as I always am. I'm here again every week with the one and only my one and only Alex Epostelidis. Hi, Alex. Hi. I was going to say good morning, but it's afternoon for you. So good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, it is. I'm... Uh... I'm on the East Coast again uh, this week, and so uh, we are recording this from thousands of miles away from one another, apart with thousands of, like, ships passing. (laughs) But But your spirit is right here with me. I feel it. Oh, thank you. I feel it. I'm (laughs) glad somebody feels it. Aww. I feel a little whiny. Another long travel day yesterday. and delay you know two hour delay and getting in very very late last night and you know it's just the one thing that that i couldn't get out of my mind was it didn't really it doesn't bother me or didn't bother me too much that it was a two hour delay what bothered me was that by the time i got in i couldn't get anything to eat i couldn't get to a store, it was too late. You know, everything was closed, and so that's the, that's the thing about these mm-hmm. delays is, especially when you're traveling a long distance, you don't have time. There, you can't eat. You know, and then right. and then you get in late, and there's nothing available. But that's the end of my wine. Well, I'm going to tell you. Just you know, I went to Vegas a week ago, and it was a three-hour delay to go to Vegas. I mean, I didn't want to, if I was going to take a day off, I wanted to actually have the day and not be driving all day Friday. So we went out Thursday night and it, I could have driven there by the time. Right. So I am going to Atlanta in September to visit with my cousin, probably for the last time and uh, take care of her and do some things for her. And I thought, no, I could have gotten an exceptional fare on Southwest and I love Southwest, but I thought I'm not going to deal with two layovers, which could potentially mean three delays. So I treated myself to a nonstop on Delta. Pray it doesn't get canceled, but you know, it's a nonstop because I thought, no, that's just too long of a flight to have a delay at San Diego and two other airports in addition, and then have to get from uh, Atlanta to Snellville. Uh Uh-uh. No, and I think that's part of the issue is that you don't, you can't really count on them being on time. And so with every delay, you're exactly right. With every stop, you uh, risk the chance of a long delay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just becomes maddening. And what's happened since COVID, of course, because people are understaffed, is airport, regular airport concessions are closed, mm-hmm. you know, or they're closing at, six o'clock in the evening uh and it's it feels preposterous you know you get there and you're just so annoyed that nothing is opened and yet 
what are you going to do about it? I mean, there's right. very little you can do about it. You know, it's just sort of the way things are going right now. But, and yeah. I know that I go out of my way, as I'm sure you do, to be exceptionally kind to the people working because they get hit with so much anger and frustration all the way around. I mean, I saw these poor people being abused and I'm, I'm like, oh my God, it's not their fault. They can't right. help that there was monsoon weather in Vegas. It's not their fault. And they can't help that they're short staffed. So just take a beat, everybody, and think, is this how I want to be spoken to? Right. Well, I think that's that's what's so maddening for the employees that are left holding the bag is mm -hmm. that there really isn't a much appreciation for them. Uh, you know, from the passengers who feel put out, who are sitting there waiting for hours and hours mm -hmm. and hours and feel exactly what what you felt. We could have driven there in less time and been there already. And that's really a hard pill to swallow, mm -hmm. uh, especially on those short jaunts. Uh, you know, it's an hour flight from Las, from from San Diego to Las Vegas. And so what that means is that people will book these flights for a day and leave in the evening and then come back the following evening or leave in the morning and come back the following morning or come back that night. And so three hours. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Right. And I noticed something not to not to um, bemoan Southwest anymore, but we were waiting in line last night, uh, waiting to board the flight that was supposed to leave at um, 5.15 and left at seven. And when we looked up at the, uh, the sign, it didn't say uh, delayed until 6.45. Oh it said new time, 6.45 new time right? <laughs> to quote one of my favorite movies those sneaky bastages those sneaky bastages yes <laughs> with that bemoaning of the travel industry right now which which we are a part in some yes, small way we how are. about we meet our guest who will definitely bring us up and and lift us all i'm sure Absolutely. She brings a smile to everybody she meets. So, you know, she's one of the most versatile artists I've ever known. She easily goes from, uh, excuse me, from singing Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy to a Beach Boys tune. In addition to her own bands like the Sweethearts of Swing and Vortex and Rhythm Express, to name a few, she also performs with groups like The Exceptional Tribute, Wild Nights, Gemini, and this is, I didn't know this about her. Some of her past credits include singing, well, I knew the Mardells and uh, the big band jazz machine and the players, but she's also opened for performers like Cheryl Crow, the Pointer Sisters, Steve Miller Band, Johnny Cash. And I mean, the list goes on. This, this girl's done it all. So please welcome the very sweet, the very kind and the extremely talented Janet Amber. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, 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 hi. Oh, she's hello. Fan. She must be warm. <laughs> it's warm. It's warm. 
<laughs> where are you? Where are you? Uh, where are you uh, gauging with us from? Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to be in my office, but my office is such a mess right now. So <laughs> I'm actually in my bedroom on my bed. <laughs> Lovely. It looks like you're sitting in a chair. It does. Now it doesn't, that. but it did. <laughs> I thought you were in a big chair. A giant chair. It's yeah, a giant chair. Exactly. You camouflage very well. <laughs> Actually, with the fan and the woodwork of the, you know, the headboard, it kind of looks yeah. like you're lounging on a lanai somewhere. I am. Well, yes, it's a big giant lanai that I sleep in at night, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say something to you. Um, I, I think I have known you for about 30 years or, or known of you for that long, at least. You've been yes. on the scene for that long, I'm sure. That's as long as I've been in San Diego. And okay. you have not changed. Oh, you are so sweet. One <laughs> iota. I mean, you look as fresh and <laughs> as bubbly as you did 30 years ago. Oh, my goodness. You are so sweet. You know what well, has I mean changed? It. You know what has changed? What? Your eyesight. <laughs> it's only gotten better, Janet. It's only gotten uh, better. No, actually, you're absolutely right. And I realize that I'm not even wearing my glasses. So, <laughs> so if you put them on, you may notice a, a wrinkle or two. You no, know. no, 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 no. It no. comes I, with the territory. I seriously mean it. No, you still look it's great. Just, it you, just comes with the territory. The only thing yeah. these are are smile lines because I don't think I've ever seen you without a smile on your face. Ah, thank you, thank you. Well, I, I yeah, I do yeah. have a lot of smiles. I do. You do. How, I have how a lot you, to be grateful for. There you go. That's yeah. how you manage that, right? That's how yeah. you keep smiles on your face. You uh, yeah say a lot of uh, thank yous to the. Yes. Who do you thank? What do you thank? You know, I, I have a, um, I have a habit. It's a, it's a good habit of reminding myself to, of all the things to be grateful for and to actually speak them out loud. I speak like affirmations of positivity as much as I can, because if I don't, it's easy to forget with all the, everything that goes on in life, you know, all the bumps and grinds and and the challenges of this world and everything but um there's always something to be grateful for so there is. you know there's smiling is to be grateful for i mean just like happiness for joy that you feel you know doing the things you love to do being with the people you love to be with you know, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna add on to that and i know it's kind of off track a little bit but yesterday when i was in the office and i thought i'm gonna go for a walk and i was just feeling a little like oh you know, like that, not for mm -hmm. any particular reason, just a little overwhelmed. And yeah. I saw this older man struggling to take step by step by step. And I went, okay, thank you. Thank you, God, because this is an opportunity yeah. to be grateful that I can easily walk over to the market, grab a sandwich and easily walk back with ease, with grace. Yes. You know, I've got the flexibility. I've got the, you know, the strength to do all that. And for him crossing that street was a challenge. So it was a good, okay, get outside yourself, girl. Right. Yes, absolutely. And that, and you know, it, that kind of thing really keeps you in the present moment too. Like it's really easy to go, to be thinking about all the things that happened to you and all the things that are coming that are scary and blah, 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 and all that. And then you have those moments where you just notice something in the present moment. And all of a sudden it just brings you right to 
like where you are and that gratitude of like, yeah, I can walk, I can breathe, right. I can, you know. Right. If you're if you're things. observant and if you're if you're paying attention. I'll yes, say. that's the key. That yeah. is the absolute key because we can go around our heads in the cloud all the yeah. time and not even notice. And that has to help you with your performance, right? Always being present in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the things that I, I believe myself, but I've experienced certainly myself. And I always tell my students that it's like, you know, you, you just have to be in the present moment when you're doing your thing, when you're singing, you know, and it's kind of like one of those things where I tell my students, you know, if you make a mistake, you can't get stuck on that. You just sing a wrong note. You can't get stuck on that. If you do, it blows the whole song, Right. you know, but if you just, you notice it, you let it go and you get on to making the music for the rest of the song. It's there's, you know, nobody remembers that moment. Right. And it's the same. It's a reflection of life in general. You know, if you, if you could just notice it and you go, okay, that happened, you know, you could get stuck in the regrets or whatever, but you go, that happened. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to get on to all the best stuff that there is to get onto. You don't get stuck in it. Well, also, um, yeah. you know, as, as I get older, I'm learning to embrace my failures rather than pretend like they didn't happen or try to get them out of my mind to yeah. embrace them. Um, and with every, with every sour note is a little bit of a failure inside, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. so just embrace Absolutely. that and know and, and see it as an opportunity to make it better last time. Unfortunately, sometimes those little failures happen at the worst moments. You know, like <laughs> usually. Right, right, usually. When usually. you're auditioning or when you're in front of an, a big audience or, you know, that's mm-hmm. in our world when that happens. But it's if you're right if you just let it happen take note figure out how to make sure it doesn't happen again and stop slapping yourself you'll be far better off and i find that's an opportunity to be less judgmental to others right and that's oh. one of the things that our industry you know the performance artists actors singers which we all are it can be very judgmental and it oftentimes you have those waiting for you to make a mistake so that they can. And I actually created a whole workshop based on this. Um, And what really hit home were two things. When one of my favorite teachers and performers and amazing actresses, I don't know if either one of you knew her, Catherine Faulkner said to me once that she felt like an imposter on stage, brilliant Mm -hmm. actress brilliant and I went okay and then I was watching Barbara Streisand perform and there was a little bit of a flat note and I went okay if Barbara Streisand can hit a flat note and be Barbara Streisand maybe we could go all go a little bit easier on ourselves that you know it's going to happen for whatever reason absolutely so Janet when did you start singing and uh, what brought you to the world of (laughs) performance um okay so what I, when, when people ask me that question, when did I start singing? I always have to say, in my mom's womb. <laughs> That's when music started in me. Doesn't because surprise my, me. Yes, my mother was a singer. She still is, even though she's lost her hearing. She's 98 years old and lost wow, her hearing, but she still good. sings with gusto, you know. Good. She was a singer, not a, not a professional, but she did a lot of music all her life. And harmony singing the uh, the um the 
Sweet Adeline and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. So I was really raised in, a, you know, in a household of singing specifically. She played piano too, but she was just loved to sing. And she always sang to me everything that happened in life, you know, from a tantrum to going to bed at night, always had a song. You know, there was always a song for everything. And I, wow. I kind of lived life in that way. So I, the story goes, I don't really remember this particularly, but the story goes that the first time I actually got on stage was when I was five. I jumped on stage in um, Knott's Berry Farm when the guy with the monkey on the shoulder, the organ grinder. Oh I mean, my God. That's a long time ago. Yeah, he was singing, You Are My Sunshine. And that is one of the songs my mom oh, used yeah. to sing to me all the time. So I jumped up there and said, I know this song. I'm going <laughs> to sing it. So I sang it. Yeah. And then I used to, um, in also in those years, second, third, fourth grades, I used to put on shows in the neighborhood. My little, my best friends were twins. And so they were my backup girls and I would like put a show together in my garage and set the little tables and then invite people from the neighborhood to come and <laughs> sell How tickets. Convenient. <laughs> How convenient I, you had these twins who could be I your know. backup. <laughs> I know, and costuming. I mean, I make costumes out of pillowcases and like, I've been doing this all of my life. <laughs> there has never been anything else but that. <laughs> and when did you realize you could make money doing this. You could actually sing professionally, um, make a career of it. Well, high school, high school was my first, my first gig. And my, I had my first gig in high school, um, playing in a, I don't know if it was my first gig, but, um, definitely back in those days, I had a gig in a, in a bar actually in Encinitas a couple of, couple of times. And they, during the break, I had to go out and stand in the alley. Because <laughs> you couldn't be in the bar. I got to be in When there, you weren't so singing. Right. right, right. So it's like, I mean, like, that's really safe for a 16-year-old to be right, standing yeah. in the, the alley, alley at right. night, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> right. But Did your mother know you were standing in an alley at 16? No, I think she was proud of me. She, she wanted to, you know, I was kind of living the life that she wanted to do do you know the professional thing so you know I, I did some concert I put on some concerts back in those days because I went on tour right out of high school I missed my high school graduation to go on tour um European tour I was gone for like three and a half months and I had to raise money for it it was one of those things where um you know partly it was paid for and partly you had to pay up you know so I uh, put some concerts together and hosted them and did all that so yeah I was I was really into it. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. how, That's really how did, awesome. How did you find the um, casual, I'll call it casual gig uh, industry, the meeting and event industry? How, how did you come upon that and, and start making a career in that? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I got my, my, I was in Fallbrook for my high school years, and then I moved down here to go to San Diego State and got my degree in, high, in, um, in music, uh, music education and music performance. And with the idea that I was, actually, I, was, I always just wanted to be a singer, but my mom said, 
what are you going to do with a music or music degree? You should get a teaching credential. So right. that's what I did. But I actually never really went into uh, teaching high school, which is what I got my degree in teaching music in high school. I taught uh, before school programs for fourth, fifth and sixth graders. And then I went on to teach college. I, I taught at Palomar College for a number of years. Uh, but the, the casual market and the um, gigging market, um, you know, I've just always had a really entrepreneurial bend to me because I've all, I had another business I was running at the same time I was going to college, you know. And um, so I got a, you know, I was starting to get club work and with a piano player, one of my first piano players, um, the duo is with Alan Iker, who is now, I believe, back in town. I haven't seen him since he's been back a few years now. But um, um, so we started doing that. And, um, and to be honest with you, I don't really know how I got into, I guess I just, I got into a couple of bands. And then they, and they were working like the, you know, casual market doing right. Like and then the, eventually I just was like, oh, I can do this. So I'll get uh, my own band together and yeah, you, start you, I'm sorry, you, you were part of the you were part of the Mardells. And as I remember, uh, when I came to San Diego back in ninety-one, uh, the Mardells was the one of the biggest bands on mm -hmm. the market, if not then, then a few years following that. And the go-to band here in San Diego for 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 all gigs, you know, private gigs and corporate gigs, and I think maybe that just became, you know, the 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 go-to band. When were you in that group, and was that a a, a diving-off point for you? No, actually, it wasn't. I I didn't join that band until just about probably eighteen years ago. So I actually had my own band that I was booking a, a ton back in the day, my own band, which was at the time called Emerald City. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember Emerald, Emerald City. OK, that's me. That was me. My yes. first band 30 years ago, 32 years ago when I when I met um, Nathan Fry. Yes. He and I put that band together with um a guitar player who introduced Nathan and I together. And so the three of us became Emerald City. And then also, and, and that guy's name was Jim Story, fabulous guitar player. And then we brought in Don Bowman. Do you remember Don? I don't remember Don. Sax Name's player. Familiar. Yeah, he's, he became one of my biggest carolers for one. And oh, I know Don, dark yeah, hair. Yeah, and yes, sax, yes. sax player. And yes, he, yes. Um, he played in the Mardells and he's actually the one who got me into the Mardells back ah. about, I, I guess it's been uh, dates, are, dates, are, dates are bad with me, but yeah, around then. And at the same time that the other girl, Shane, Pugh came in. So, but we, and, and then Emerald City uh, soon became a uh, Rhythm Express, Rhythm which Express. now I've just oh, had okay. forever. Yeah. yeah. So right. I have that band and I still book, I still book that band. It's well, Nathan Fry and then whoever else can join us, basically. <laughs> and, and Nathan, I met um, uh, independent from meeting you. I can't remember what that connection was to Nathan, uh, also a tremendous musician, yes. so versatile and talented, vocalist, pianist, arranger. Mm -hmm. 
mm. probably does more than that. But mm. um, uh, when you had that band with him, I remember I was working for Cheryl Irwin at the time. Mm-hmm. Irwin Productions. Yep. Yes, and and you were on the roster there. Yes, and I think what you have done you know you say you're very entrepreneurial and and i have to agree because what you have done um is you've marketed yourself really well and you've made sure that people are aware that you're out there and you're doing Mm -hmm. these things and um is that that's often very difficult for musicians to understand that that becomes part of the responsibility more so now it's easier i think for people to understand now people are much more self-promoting yeah. Than they were in the nineties. Yes. Right? Um, yes. To, you know, and to just have that wherewithal to know I need to promote myself. Where do you suppose that comes from? Because that really does differentiate you from mm-hmm. many others. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's funny cause I always felt really uncomfortable promoting myself. I still do. You know, it's much easier for me to be in a partnership with somebody who's there saying to people, oh, you got to book her. She's great. You know, right. <laughs> it's much easier to do that than for me to go, yeah, I would do the best. You know, I, right. you got to book me, right. you know, like but all I met- can say to people is like, I will do the best job I can for you. And, you know, guaranteed money back if you don't like what I've done, you know, and all that kind right. of stuff. But it's really hard. The self-promotion is hard. It's hard, yes. you yeah. know, when, especially when you're humble, when you have humility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for some, it's not hard at all. Yeah. But, but you know, you can always tell when somebody's just like full of themselves. You don't want to book somebody who's full of themselves either. I agree. Right. So I agree. Yeah. So I think that the fact that you um, you have humility and the fact that uh, uh, you 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 have credibility, it's easier for people to it's easier for you to sell. Also, you're I don't think you're thinking about it as selling, probably or promoting yeah. yourself. True, um, true. But, I... but you do manage as hard as it is. You do manage to do it. So what what do you count on? What do you when you're putting those? mailers together or you're making that video or what are you saying to yourself well okay so it was a lot easier before all of the social media to me you know mm-hmm. and maybe that's aging me a little bit but you know it's just like you got to have a really good photo and you got to have a nice video you know of course now it's like everything is so instant mm-hmm. that I'm really not as good at at it as I wish I were you know the Instagram and all of that uh, but I try to keep my face out there on Facebook at least, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I I want to put out, to me, here, I think here's the key for me. For one thing, I try to surround myself with the absolute best musicians, that, that always better than me, so that I can always be like trying to lift myself to the next level, you know. I mean, for, that's how I feel. Like, I'm that's just very always, smart. Yeah. And then that way, it's like, it's easy to sell that because I'm like, these guys are the best. You got to book us. They're the best. I mean, they're the best in town. I mean, look at all these things they've done, you know? And so there's that. And then the other thing is that I just, I, I really feel that what we're doing as musicians is not only, you know, we're not only selling a service, 
but we are offering something that is really important to life, you know, and I know that sounds really sort of, I don't know what that sounds, but in my <laughs> mind, <laughs> I agree. I a little woo-woo. Good... Maybe it sounds a yeah. little woo-woo. But Ooh, I, my woo-woo sister. Yay. I'm a woo-woo sister for sure. But I do feel like music is like the savior of all things in the world. You know, that that's my that's how I feel in my in my life. And so I feel like no matter what it is we're doing for somebody, if it's their party, their wedding, their funeral, their, you know, these most significant points in life, I feel like it's an honor to be there, to yes. be your singer for this moment in your life, in your family's life, in your, you know, your memory that is going to go in your memory books right. forever. You know, right. I get to be, a, I'm like a stranger right. to you and I get to be a part. I mean, that to me is like, wow, it's an honor, you know, and these, these moments. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think, I think because that's how I really feel, I think maybe it comes across that way. I'm hoping that's what it, it comes it, across oh, as being real. It does. You know? It does. Definitely. Yeah. You, you are authentically upbeat and um, you're full of gratitude and that comes across. And quite frankly, that's one of the reasons why we love working with you. And one uh -huh. of the reasons why people ask you to be a part of their big day, it's, uh -huh. it's the energy that you put across. I mean, you know, they, that's as woo woo as it comes as well. Right? <laughs> but the, yeah, but, the, but the, the bottom line is this, that, when people are spending money on a band for their wedding, for their anniversary, for whatever reason, uh, you have an ob they're expecting that you're going to bring them to a place of happiness and mm. uh, they're going to dance and lots of activity and you're really mm. going to help them to get mm. the party or the event going. And, and that becomes your responsibility. So it is important. And if you fail in that endeavor, it's not unnoticeable. Mm -hmm. You know, it is very, very noticeable. And I think everyone can um, appreciate uh, this fact, having been at a wedding or somebody's engagement or whatever it is, and the band wasn't so great. Mm. And it just <laughs> kind of killed the party, if yeah. you will. Yep. Yeah. Because, yep. because it isn't unnoticeable. You know, <laughs> it's that, not like a bad piece of chicken that goes away. That, <laughs> that memory will stay. Will stay. Forever. It's a huge, it's a huge responsibility. It a is. huge responsibility. And I, you know, when I was teaching at Palomar College, my my fundamental vocal skills class there, I taught it from the platform of being a professional singer. You know, and and I always talked about that, the responsibility of a singer to other people, to their the emotional field of what's going on, giving permission. You're you're giving permission to the whole crowd of people to to feel all their feelings, whether it be joy or sadness, grief or, you know, just everything. You know, right. meeting someone for the first time, you know, and dancing to your song or whatever it is, you know, it's like you don't even know the the right. lengths of your responsibility. But and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, young children, because I've coached kids that they don't 
they don't know that they're going to have to know is that you've got to connect with that song. Doesn't matter yeah. what your story is, but you got to have that story. Yeah. And it, I, you know, they would think, well, you're just going to help me just sing a song. No, I'm not. I'm going to help you tell a story. The yeah, notes are exactly. that's secondary. I want to yeah. see you connect with the story. I don't care yeah. what it is, but connect to it. And when you do that, you will connect with the people you're singing for and you will mm -hmm. touch their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. and I would actually, um, when there is no story, then I would uh, encourage performers to stop thinking about themselves mm -hmm. on stage and focus on the audience and think about them because yeah. that's what you do and that's what helps to connect people. I'll, I tell this story often uh, because it, it proves the point that you're making right now. I worked with what was called the Broadway Divas at one point and they were three hmm. Broadway divas who had had leading roles on Broadway and they were doing a concert here in San Diego for a private audience. And I sat in the back of the room and I looked on stage, having produced this, and I said to myself, oh, those ladies are so happy we're watching them. <laughs> we, they, they, I, all I read on them, as beautiful as they sang, was that we were lucky to be hearing them. Oh, that's what that's came awesome. across. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't actually. Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> no, what I what I would have preferred was, um, we are lucky to be here with you, oh, which is what yeah. you portray. Mm -hmm. And what oh, I, felt, I see. Right. I see and what, what as an saying, audience yeah. member, what I felt was, oh wow, those ladies feel like we should be lucky. We're listening to them. We're so, oh, I get. Right. I see what it you're saying. Yeah. It was a completely yeah. self opposite. Yeah. Right. They were so self-consumed as they oh. sang, and I could, I could feel it. Now, you know, we're in the business, right? So we uh, we see things other people don't see, and possibly don't feel. But mm -hmm. I felt that coming across yeah. the footlights in spades, and it's off-putting. Yeah, yeah it is. Right? It, it is. Yeah, you can always tell, you know, when somebody is being sincere. Or when they're being full of themselves, like I said before, when they're, you know, you, when you can tell when what somebody's heart, how somebody's heart is when they're performing. They're just there's something vulnerable about it, and mm -hmm. and if it's about their own pride or their own, you know, just full of themselves, or if it's just genuine. Wow, I'm so grateful to be here. What an honor that I'm here with you. You know. Yes. As a band leader, have you had to work with people who aren't as appreciative? <laughs> and what, you know, how, do you, how do you handle that as the band leader? <laughs> oh, that's a really good one. And okay. go. Yeah, and go, and go. <laughs> yes, yes, actually, yes, I have. So I have learned over the years that I've been band leaders. I have been leading bands for, gosh, 40, 40 some years now. Um, I, and uh, sometimes some of the absolute best musicians can be also the most challenging personalities <laughs> to deal with. And maybe you've noticed that too on, yeah, on occasion, but there's a few out there, and, you know, um, and I have learned and a, 
back in the early days, I would kind of tiptoe around those people, you know, try not to ruffle their feathers and try to like, just make it all nice. Cause I'm always the kind of person who's like trying to make it nice for everybody, you know? So, so, but I have learned over the years that actually I would rather work with people who are of like mind and who feel like they want to work together you know, and not be, and not work separate, you know, that those kind of personalities are like, I'm here and you got to work around me. But if you're in a band situation, it's like, we're all there together. We're creating something together. And when there's one thing going wrong, it makes the whole thing go wrong. So if you got one person with bad attitude, you know, it just makes stress for everybody. And it's apparent, you know, it's just apparent. So it makes the whole performance hard for everybody and not fun. You know, to me, I call it the fun factor. There has got to be a high level of fun in the fun factor, you know, no matter what what it is you're doing, even as you know, whatever it is, but, um, but the, the underlying thing is that it's a band. A band is like, you have to be working together. It doesn't matter who you are, what your experiences are, who you've played with, where you've played you know, play Carnegie Hall or whatever, who cares? You're playing here now and we're together now. So this is it. So well, I, I think, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just yeah, say- so I was just going to say that, you know, so, so on occasions I, I've just decided not to play with some of those, some of those folks and hire other people. That's what it was starting to yeah. sound like to mm-hmm. me. That yeah. You, you <laughs> you call people that are trouble or. Yeah. 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 You know. Alex. No, I was going to say it's the difference between walking on stage as a performer or having your resume walk on stage for you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, one is the present and one mm -hmm. is the past. And the point being that you bring your best self Mm -hmm. and uh, get along with people. If you can't play nicely in the sandbox as a musician, that's Mm -hmm. already a tough place to be because, you know, unless you're a concert pianist, you typically need other musicians around you. So, um, you know, it's just important to play nicely in the sandbox. And we've worked with people who get in their own way. It's not that they, they uh, have any kind of uh, negative intention. It's just that they, um, you know, they can't get out of their own way when, uh, when they want things to be just perfect. Mm-hmm. And you can't provide perfect, you know, yeah. so there's a need to be a bit flexible and understand that things are not going to be perfect necessarily. Mm-hmm. And part of this is going with the flow. Would, would you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What have absolutely. can you can you remember any stories where you've had to go with the flow, uh, you know, on a moment's notice? Is there anything that jumps out at you in particular? Um. I'm, with regard to somebody or some uh, an event, <laughs> or, or, or a request that was made that you know you wanted very desperately to be able to accommodate <sighs> these things happen all of the time yeah they do they happen all the time oh wow i should have probably thought of something ahead of time because <laughs> well the you didn't know the question was coming <laughs> okay so, so, you, so you get a free pass yeah. because you didn't know it was coming oh there's you know there's there's so many 
so many instances of things that happen that, you know, you just go, oh, wow, you know, how am I going to deal with this? You know, somebody didn't show. Okay, well, here's one. Oh, here's a perfect one. I'm not going to name any names, but I was. Well, doing... then we don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> here's this is a great story of how how you know if you stay in the flow, life can just move into a whole. It just a whole door can open up. This is a perfect example. I was doing a gig with somebody, just a piano bar gig, and that pianist that I was working with that I had worked with a long time um, was having an issue. And I'm not gonna go into great detail, but after the first set, and we had four sets in this bar in, in the Hillcrest area, um, he disappeared out the bathroom window. <gasps> yeah, and it wasn't about me, it was he was having an issue and it was just like during, the, during our break. And so I'm waiting for him to come back after the break. And he never came back. And I had three more hours to do oh at this bar, which I had never played at before. So I'm like, oh, so I'm sitting there at the bar going, wow, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. <laughs> hmm, what am I going to do? And so they went in the bathroom, noticed nobody was there. <laughs> the bathroom window was open. Like crazy, mm -hmm. right? So anyway, so I'm sitting at the bar going, wow, well, if I just had another piano player I could call, I could finish my gig. And so the bartender just yells out, are there any other piano players in the bar? And who shows up? I mean, sitting at the end of the bar, but Rick Ross, who's oh, yeah. a piano player. Yeah. I had never met him, but he said, I'm a piano player. And I said, great, let's play. So we played three hours together wow. and a completely different kind of player than the other player that had left but it was of the bathroom through the window and it was an amazing night and we had so much fun being creative and trying to figure out what it is we know both know three hours of music you know wow and he and i ended up doing lots of gigs for years to come after that and so that's like you know literally what? an open window <laughs> how did literally. the people how did the guests how did the people in the bar react to that they loved it. They loved it. They could see that there was, you know, I mean, I didn't yeah. announce that the whole situation, but it, you know, the closest people who yeah. was sitting by me knew what was happening. And then, you know, I said, right. okay, we had a situation. So here's Rick, you know, okay, here we go. So yeah, it. it was like one of those things where they, everybody loved it. Everybody had a great time and they knew that we were just flying by the seat of our pants. Wow. And we had yeah. a great time. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were in the moment as well. And they were enjoying yeah. the fact that they were uh, they were experiencing something real and unrehearsed. Yeah. And live. Right. And you pulled it mm -hmm. off as well. Yep. I'm mm -hmm. just surprised you didn't say your your other piano relationship is out the window. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pumped. But I'm pumped. You, you got a million of them. You get a mileage out of that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my lord! Yeah, that's see, that's that is going with the flow for sure, <laughs> and and taking lemons and making lemonade. That's uh, it, right um, there. And let's you know that you know we're we're making light of it, but seriously, 
you're professional. Yes. You were in a situation where you were the front man, so to speak. You were the person who got the gig for mm -hmm. the duo, right? So it was your reputation on the line. Mm -hmm. um, and you didn't freak out. I mean, maybe inside you were freaking out. <laughs> to manage yourself and get through it. And uh, you had some help. But you wouldn't have gotten any help had you started freaking out and slamming things around. You know, you mm -hmm. wish people would yeah. have, you know, distanced right. themselves. So yes, your state Absolutely. of mind, your presence there, you know, aided mm -hmm. you in in your ability to find a solution. Yeah, and that that's a lesson for people because yeah. you know things happen. <laughs> things do happen. And there's more than one way to solve whatever it is that happens. I got one more little quick little story about so, uh, one of those things. It. This is a very quick story. So um, it better be better than the last one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> good. So Rhythm Express was had a steady gig at the Ritz Carlton. This was one of our first like back in the early 90s. Laguna. Five nights a week. Yeah, five nights a week in Laguna. Wow. We were driving up five nights a week, uh, four of us. So Don, Nathan, me, and Ken Kimmery. I don't know if you remember him, but drummer who moved back east. He's he's at the Smithsonian now. But anyway, so the five of the four of us would drive up to up and back, and it was one of the rainiest winters. And we were we were doing this for months. You know, I can't remember how many months, but I think maybe four months. And um, we were taking turns driving. Right. So one night we decided to use somebody else's car instead of whatever car we were going to take my car. And we decided to use somebody else's car. So, well, we had this down to a timing, you know, where we would should get there right in time to basically walk on stage, you know, because <laughs> all our equipment was there and everything. So this one night it was very cold, very rainy nights. We had to I had to wear a long gown and the guys were in tuxes. And I, Ritz -Carlton, you know, right. the Ritz-Carlton right. back in the day. So show up there with my mucklucks on because my feet are cold. So I'm always riding in the car with my mucklucks, realizing at the last second, I forgot my shoes. I only have these big giant mucklucks with my gown. I'm like, I can't go on the stage. <laughs> so I'm like, what do we do? I got 15 minutes to figure out shoes. So I'm like, okay. The lost and found they gotta have something at the lost and found sure enough they had this pair of gold shoes they were flat and i take a size six i think these were nines oh i stuffed them with toilet paper i stuffed them with toilet paper and i'm like shuffling trying to make sure they don't fall off my feet <laughs> anyway the stories right they go you on. know that happened we were working with the band and they came down from la wonderful band and the lead singer forgot her shoes oh there and i happened to have on black mules with heels oh. and i said these will work take them so them. i wore her shoes she wore mine and i just told the band leader you need to drop them off they're brand new you've got to drop them off to our office right. so because I don't want those. I want those back. But you know, <laughs> right, what right. you got to do. That's what I. That's what I have to assume as a plant and sing evening. You're not walking around that stage. <laughs> I am not moving. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> stay there. But I did learn early on.
keep in your car at all times an extra pair of shoes and uh, those and I would always keep like extra guitar chords and the straps and what chords and a bow tie for the guys because you know back in the day we always had always had an extra bow tie somebody forgets whatever you know so always had that in my gig bag see there you go again that's being, <laughs> that's being what what we call uber prepared over prepared mm -hmm. yes prepared for whatever could happen and that's yeah. the kind of people that we associate ourselves with and like to work with because you're ready for the just in cases because mm -hmm. they come up right yeah and somebody's going to show up without a bow tie or right. without a, a guitar string is going to pop in the middle yeah. of the song, you know, and the exactly. guitar player is not going to have another string and you're going to be like, oh, I do. I've yeah, every kind of adapter and cable right. and yeah. That's, that's the, those are signs of a really good band leader, somebody who is mm -hmm. on it and somebody who's watching out for her business, yes. you know, because ultimately this is about your name and your reputation yeah. Yeah. and you get that, you know, yes. nobody has to teach that to you. Absolutely. And yeah. that's the other thing, Janet, we didn't have to, we didn't have to have a discussion with you like we have to have with so many of the people that we bring on board because you, you innately understand the value of the protocols that we have, you know, Please don't eat at the buffet, the simple ones. Right. Please don't drink from the bar. Right. Um, you know, even a soda from the bar might be perceived as an alcoholic drink by somebody right. who right. doesn't need to see that. Right. And, right. you know, these things, they just, they reverberate, you know, they have yeah. percussions and re repercussions and, and it's, it's hard to fathom from, from a musician's point of view that getting a coke at the bar is going to cause such angst yes but it can yeah mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of the musicians don't they don't understand that mm -mm. No. you know they don't understand that i'm the one who signed the contract that says don't do these things you know so i right. yeah i make that very clear with all my musicians when i send out my my gig sheet to them it's i've got my list of things that i make sure they have all that information I'm yeah, curious. I had to explain to somebody once when they asked after the event was over and it was a, you know, it was a big event and the guests were still there, just our portion was over. And they said, well, can I go over to the bar and get a drink? And I went, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> I said, but the event is over. I said, for you, the event is not over until you leave the premises. Then you can That's go do whatever you want. But right now you're still, you're right. still representing. You're still representing. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um again just so smart to know that and to you know to be on top of it and it's 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 not anybody's desire to be disrespectful to any musician and i know how it feels to be said no you can't go to the bar suddenly <laughs> you feel like oh I, i've been entertaining you all night and now i'm not a human <laughs> you know i know i know how that can feel but it's really not about that at all mm -mm. yeah now on the other side of that argument uh, I'm curious to know how you feel about meals and when you feel they're appropriate or necessary as a band leader. Can yeah, you share that with us? sure. I um, kind of have a little rule of thumb that if the gig is, how is it more than, if the gig is three hours or more, then we need to get fed. And I always put it in the, in the, um, 
in the terms of you are going to have much happier musicians if they're fed, <laughs> which means you're going to have a much better party because, you know, we got the whole setup time, we've got the gig and we got the whole teardown time. That's a huge amount of time of going with no food. And that's just not right. What What is that amount of time? Tell tell our listeners. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends. It depends on what the setup is and how large the band is. But how, you know, yeah. Go ahead. I without, mean, without, I'm sorry. Without any interruption from anybody else, what is the setup time that you require? Um. Well, if it's a if it's a full band and it's going to need, because often I do my own sound. I mean, most of the time I do my own sound. I have got all the equipment, so. You know, to be, I want to have the band in place and done, or not in place, but done setting up by, by half an hour before the gig. Right. If it's, if it's a casual, you know, yeah. So, you know, hour and a half before that hour before that, depending on, I don't necessarily make sure, make everybody get there at the same time, depending on what they, what their equipment is there, you know. But it could be two hours before start time. Mm-hmm. just to give everybody sort of an idea two hours yeah. before start time and then three hours of play that's five hours then at mm-hmm. least an hour to 90 minutes to start yeah. right so exactly. that's six six and a half hours that's a long yeah. time that's you a gotta long have food time. you gotta, you've gotta have, have, food. have food right yeah you absolutely you have, have to have food yeah. we have we have the same rule of thumb you yeah. know uh, there are there are when you're going to be on site for a certain amount of time then it's appropriate to accommodate mm-hmm. the musicians yeah uh, when uh, when a group is coming in for an hour or solo musicians coming in or a duo for an hour or two and the setup is short and the start yeah, is short then no. And, and no right yeah so and that took a little bit of educating on both sides i would mm-hmm. say being in where we fit in this in this uh uh industry you know mm-hmm. advising mm-hmm. the clients that it's appropriate to feed a band because they're going mm-hmm. to be here this much time Yes. Uh, and then advising some of the musicians, no, it's really not appropriate to ask for a meal because you're playing for 90 minutes right, you know, and you're right. going to yeah. take an hour total time. You know, you don't need yeah. to be fed, right? No. I'm right. in between your meals. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's just what I call common sense. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you operate from the same perspective, you know, what yeah. makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah. And, I, and I always tell, you know, if it's, if it's a 90 minute or a two hour gig and the setup's pretty easy, I might just remind the musicians, you're not being fed on this gig. So if you get hungry, you know, bring your, bring your, a little snack, you know, Great. bring yourself something for your break, Be you know, prepared. but otherwise I always let them know what the food situation is ahead of time. And I, and I always ask the client, you know. Um, when you communicate, you end up with happy artists when you communicate yes. you get happy artists and that's yes. part of it right letting people yes. know yes. uh you know what's happening and often yeah. you know because we are what i call bottom feeders and i say that lovingly often <laughs> the information doesn't get down to us and that's why we yeah. work so hard and you work so hard mm-hmm. to make sure that you have the latest yeah. information to share because yeah. it matters you know nobody yeah. likes to be surprised in a in a way that's not pleasant anywhere yeah. and it's important exactly. for our clients to understand that too mm-hmm. you know we're we're professional um and we do our best right but yeah. when you're thrown a curveball like janet can you sing this opera piece or can you have you know there are there are 
there are uh, <laughs> limits to what everyone can do. So it's always helpful to have all the information. Yes. <laughs> yes well, and that's one of the things that I try to communicate. And I think we all try to communicate to our artists. If you have a need, please ask, please let me know. Because I, you know, it's important for me to understand what you need. I, I don't live inside everybody's brain. So someone like you, you're very good at telling me what you need, what you require. And then what I love about someone like you, and I've got a couple of other, art, well, many other artists that are very similar. This is what we would like. If you can make it happen, great. And if you can't, okay. That leaves me the ability to go, hey, can we okay, I understand. And then they're understanding and everybody is happy. But I think when our artists know that we're going to bat for them to try to accommodate their needs, you're happy, we're happy, the client's happy because we've all communicated with one another mm -hmm. and it works and sometimes it doesn't. Are you ready for a little game? A game? I love yeah. games. <laughs> we like to play games too. And you, you said there has to be an element of fun. So yes. Um, <laughs> we, oh, there's there's a like Mary Poppins song coming in my head right now. <laughs> Which one is that? In every Better? song that's to be sung, there is an element is of fun. Element of fun. That's true. Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> a spoonful of sugar? Yes, right. that's right. So um, we'd like to end some of our broadcasts with a little game called This or That. We will give you options uh, and you'll just tell us whether you like this or that. Okay. And there's 10 mm -hmm. of them. <laughs> okay. There's 10 of, there's 10 of them. And you can say on one occasion, you can say, oh, I like both of those. And on one occasion, just one, you can say, oh, I wouldn't like either of those. Okay. But, but then everything else is this or that. Okay, you ready? Okay. Number one, acapella or with accompaniment? Oh. Um, I, I love acapella. I love acapella. Are you sticking with, is that final answer? Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough question because I've done both. I know, we start off hard. I've done a lot of both and I love bands and I love, I, I think I have to say both. This is going to be my both. There you go. That happens. That happens a lot on this broadcast. And yeah, okay. I, I just hope you don't live to regret it. That's all. Because <laughs> there might okay. be, uh -oh. <laughs> you know, this is super serious stuff, Jim. Super serious stuff. <laughs> I'm like stressing out now. I'm stressing out. After I said, you know, we have to have fun. <laughs> I know, I should have my stress. All right, swing or rock and roll? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> both. I oh, you can't. Both. I you have can't. to say Okay, I'm changing my acapella to accompany. Okay, so. Can I go back and change? You can, only you can. Okay, okay. Really don't let people change, but we will let you change. So uh, number one is accompaniment. Number two is both. Number both. three. It has to be both. I love swing and I love let's, to rock. Let's just hope this isn't a both two. Oh God. Okay. Number three, carbs or proteins? Oh, um, protein. Yeah. Okay. We thought you'd say that. Yeah. Number four, mountains or beaches? Mountains. Okay. Number five, a Cosmo or a margarita? Number six. Potato These are much easier. <laughs> potato chips or tortilla chips? Tortilla chips. Number seven, a movie or the theater? Theater. 
coaching or performing? Performing. Christmas or Thanksgiving? Christmas. And finally, fancy, see, it got easier, or casual? Fancy. Fancy. I like fancy. I like the gowns and the sequins and all that good stuff. And what did you have on with that gown again? Those, what did you call them? Mucklucks. Mucklucks. Uggs. Mucklucks. So there you could have said both, right? But I only got one both. You only got one both. Yeah. And you didn't use your neither. So that means yeah. that. Um, oh, I didn't use neither. You yeah. didn't have to. I mean, I don't yes. need a lot of tortilla chips, but I like them. Yeah, that's all. I that could matters. have said both on Margarita and Cosmo, though. I, I could have done that. Somehow well, I had you pegged for a Cosmo girl. Yeah, that's not that's usually funny. a drink I come up with. But I'm like, I have her pegged for a Cosmo girl. I like Cosmos, yeah. <laughs> don't drink them together. That's all. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> In one evening. Although I'm kind of into beer lately. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, I knew Give it. Give me a good IPA. I'm happy. <laughs> I have so a now, feeling. We need, we haven't done this in, it's been two years since we, our last walk together. So I we know. need, we need a walk um, around the lake and then go out for a, a good IPA. Yeah, I'm all about that. Okay. We Come need on. to make that happen, girl. Let's girl. do it. I know we keep saying we're going to, <laughs> we had one lovely walk and then we're like, yeah, let's do this again. And, and then do you remember you got a gig? So we got, we like, oh, we got to turn around and go because you got a last minute gig. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. That was, I mean, it was awesome, but. So, I know those silly gigs. Yeah, this whole pandemic, you know, I've been, the gigging world just like really kind of, well, for everybody changed yeah. so much, but I, I've been working my buns off doing Good. The retirement communities it's really funny it's like who would have guessed right that that would have been like a, a viable place to play but yeah we're working at you know it's well, lovely it's lovely to be working those places because yeah. those are the folks that really yeah appreciate. you know they appreciate talk about yes. okay we've come full circle now back to the appreciation thing <laughs> right. when you see those faces out there and you see how much they're touched by the music you know, there's just this mutual appreciation that just fills yeah. you up, you know, it's, it's anyway, it's what, it's what you do it for, right? Yeah, exactly. Janet, thank you so much. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. Our beloved Mr. Bellotta had to run off to a meeting. So I'm signing off and saying, please listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. But if you happen to listen on uh, Apple, you know, as Mr. Bellotta would say, give us five stars. Come on. What's that extra star or two for you? And it does a whole lot for us. So we appreciate your time. We appreciate your listening to us. Go to Bellotta.com and click on the podcast tab and you know, leave us a comment, ask us a question. You can find our podcast there as well. So for now, I say adieu and have a great week and stay engaging. 